Well, once again, good morning. Welcome to you. To our radio listeners, we welcome you as well. I want to tell you about Martin. Are you ready to hear about Martin? Good. Well, Martin was a little boy who was always at Sunday school. And not only was he always at Sunday school, but he was always early for Sunday school. And this partly may be because his Sunday school teacher always made cookies. She always baked cookies. Well, one day, all of a sudden, he ran into Sunday school late. The lesson had already started, and all the kids turned around and looked at him. And his Sunday school teacher, Miss Nancy, what he called her, knew that Martin was a student who was always there. And so she asked him, Martin, is everything okay? Martin said, yes. He said, we were on our way to go fishing, but my dad said, you have to go to Sunday school. Well, Miss Nancy was very impressed, and she said, your dad is right. I'm glad your dad felt that you need to go to Sunday school instead of going fishing. She asked Martin, did your dad explain to you why you need to go to Sunday school instead of going fishing? Martin said, yes. I can't go fishing because there wasn't enough bait for both of us. <laughs> Some of you didn't get it, that's okay. <laughs> there wasn't enough bait for both of them to go fishing, so Martin had to go to church. <laughs> Amen, there you go. <laughs> well, this morning, would you turn with me to, the to Acts, after the Gospels, there is Acts chapter 3, and we are continuing on our series, We Have the Victory. And this morning, the title of the message is, We Have the Victory When We Walk in the Power and Authority of the Lord. And Acts chapter 3 is where we will be focusing on this morning, the first 10 verses. And I know you just sat down and got comfy, but if you are able to, would you please stand as we read God's word. Acts chapter 3, starting from verse 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his full attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he, he went in with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. Let us pray. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for the power and the authority that we have in you. And so this morning, may you open up our hearts and our minds to what you have to say, and may you help us to be obedient as we respond. May your Holy Spirit come and move and speak. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Feel free to be seated. Peter and John were two of Jesus' disciples. They were two who received directly from him his teachings and who sat with him and who witnessed the different miracles that took place. Now, before Jesus ascended into heaven, he left his disciples equipped to carry on and to carry out the work that he had already started. In Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, it says, And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. And so before Jesus ascended into heaven, he told his disciples, he gathered them together for he knew that he was leaving, and he basically sat down with them and told them, you are going to continue on and carry out this work. Now, at that time, I'm pretty sure that the disciples didn't fully understand what he was telling them. The disciples didn't understand how they could possibly continue to do this, how they would be able to, because they didn't have have any power on their own. But nonetheless, Jesus told them that the Holy Spirit would come or the Comforter would come and would enable them to do so. So we see that the Holy Spirit after came in Acts chapter 2 and helped to empower them and enabled them to have this kind of power that Jesus told them they would have as believers. And so Peter and John are on their way to the temple as was custom, and so they did this on a regular basis, and they encountered this man who was a beggar, and he would, is what you could say a regular. You know there are some regulars? Right? You know what I'm talking about. There's some regulars. Because the scripture says this man was placed there every day to beg. Pretty much it was a job for him. He didn't have any other means of getting money, and so he was placed at this gate to beg. And so there's no doubt in my mind that Peter and John had seen this man countless times before because they had constantly been going to the temple to pray. They constantly walked in and out. And because this man was there every day, they probably had seen him on countless occasions. But this day was different. This particular day that they went to the temple and they saw him was a different day. Why? Because they realized that they were able to help him and do something about his situation. They realized that they had the power and the authority to help him. In verse 6 it says, Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk he realized that he had the power and authority to help this man. Not power and authority on his own, but power and authority in the name of Jesus. And did you know that as believers, we have that same power and authority? 
This morning, I want to encourage you to realize the power and authority you have in Jesus Christ. Realize that power. That's the first point for this morning, to realize the power and the authority that you have as a believer, that we have as a believer. It's important to understand that Christ has given us that gift. He has given us that great gift. Many people walk around feeling discouraged, feeling defeated, feeling as if they've lost when God has already told us the end of the story. Sometimes you may read a story and you may wonder what's going to happen, how it's going to unfold, if there's going to be a twist or if there's going to be something else that unexpected turns out. God has already told us that we have victory in Jesus. We have victory over the devil. We have victory over sin. We have victory over the grave. We have victory over hell because we are bound for heaven. We have the victory in Jesus Christ. That's something to be excited about, that we have that victory. Realize the power and the authority that you have. You see, it's because of Jesus' death and resurrection that we even have that power and that authority that has been given to us through our Heavenly Father. And I really want you to understand this. And so in order to help you a little bit, hopefully I have a little bit of a visual for you. But I'm going to need three volunteers, okay? And I've already pre-picked them. They don't know who they are, though. But I want to call up Mr. and Mrs. Ferguson. Come on up. And Mr. Halliday, come on up. You don't have to say anything, but I just need you to be present here because I want to demonstrate this, okay? All right, come on up here. Give them a round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll get the camera in on them, okay? So I'm going to get you to move over, and you're going to stand here. You're going to stand right here. Yes. Okay. So uh, you, need to face the, you need to face the congregation. Yeah. Come on, move over. Yeah. You look good, so you got to face them. Okay. So Rohan and Roshane, and this is Cal, Okay. I'm going to call you by your first name, so that's okay. Okay. So, they are going to represent Adam and Eve. Okay? They're going to represent Adam and Eve. Good-looking couple. Yeah, they were perfect before the fall, so you look good. Mr. Halliday, or Cal here, he is going to represent the devil. <laughs> Sorry. And I get to represent God. Okay? <laughs> so... That's just how it works. Yeah. Yeah, that's just how it works. All right. So, we know that when God created Adam and Eve, he gave them full dominion over the world. Amen? Gave them full dominion. He said, you are in charge. You're, you have dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the land animals. You have full dominion over the whole earth, it says in Genesis. Okay? So it's almost like God saying, I'm giving you the key to the world. Right? You see the keys? You see the keys that I have? All right. So it's almost like God saying, you have full access. The world is yours. You are in charge. You have those keys. You have to hold them proudly. You have the keys. All right. So they had full dominion. But Adam and Eve, they gave in to temptation, right? The devil was very tempting, allured them to the sin, and they gave in and they ate that fruit. So because they sinned, 
They lost that dominion. Okay, are you following me? They lost that dominion. So it's almost like them now having to hand over those keys to the devil. So you have to give them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so now the devil has those keys, right? So he's holding the keys to life and death and to everything. And that's why Satan is called the prince of this world. Because he owns this world because it was given over to him by the sin that was original in the beginning. Okay? Following me so far? So, because of that sin, remember that sin is basically like debt. That's owed, right? And so, there's a bill that needs to be paid. So, Satan also has that bill because of the sin that was committed from Adam and Eve. So he's basically holding that bill and saying, it needs to be paid. Someone needs to pay it. So not only is he holding the keys, but he's holding that bill, that debt that was owed as well. Well, Jesus came, and Jesus came to earth. He walked, and he taught among mankind, and, and he was with man. And so because Satan now owns that, remember when Jesus was tempted. One of the temptations was that Satan took him to the top of the mountain and told him, if you just bow down, right, just bow down and worship me, all this could be yours. In other words, what he was saying is, if you just bow down and worship me, I'll give it back to you. But I just want you to bow down and worship me, okay? So that's what he's saying, because he owns it. It's his, because Adam and Eve gave it over to him. So he was basically saying, all you have to do is do But of course, Jesus didn't do that, and, and he wouldn't do that, and so he didn't, right? Well, because of the key, because of the bill that needed to pay, Jesus went to the cross. Jesus died on that cross, and his sin is what atoned for that bill. I'm going to take that, right? His sin is what atoned for our sins, and so that bill was paid. It was canceled. That debt that was owed is done. We don't need to pay that anymore. But not only was our sin paid for, but because Jesus rose from the dead, he didn't stay dead, because he rose from the dead, he conquered sin, death, and the grave. And so he conquered it all and he overcame death. And so it's basically in the scriptures in Revelation chapter 1 verse 18, he says, I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. And so when Jesus rose again, it's almost as if he went to Satan and said, those belong to me. Those are now mine once again. And not only are they mine, but they are available to all of those who believe in me. Let's give a round of applause to you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. No hard feelings? No. Okay. <laughs> no, no. It's just all mine. <laughs> he asked, was it your mother's idea to pick me? No, no. <laughs> now she didn't even know I was going to do this. No, it was all mine. So thank you for that. Jesus holds the key of life. 
He holds the power, the full authority. And that is why salvation is found in no one else. Salvation is only available through Jesus Christ. There is no other person who is able to open up that doorway to eternal life only Jesus Christ. And as believers, we have that gift that he has given us. We have full access. God gives us the power as believers. Do you realize the power and the authority that you have? Not only did Peter and John realize the power and the authority that they had, but they used it. There is a difference when you know that you have something and then when you actually use it. In verses 7 and 8, it says, Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking around and jumping and praising God. Not only am I telling you to realize the power and the authority you have, but to use the power and the authority you have in Christ. How many of you know of someone, I don't think anyone here, but you know of someone who likes to save things for a special occasion? You don't like to use your stuff, or they don't like to use their stuff. They like to save it for a special occasion. Anyone know someone like that? Right? <laughs> Someone's pointing to someone. <laughs> you like to save it for a special occasion. Well, for me, I use my stuff. I use my stuff. And so I want to tell, every day that I'm alive is a special occasion. So I want to encourage you today, this is a side note, I want to encourage you, wear your clothes. Wear your clothes. I want to encourage you, use those bottles of perfume. Because <laughs> if you don't, they're going to evaporate. I want to encourage you, sit on those good chairs, the fancy furnitures. Use the good dishes. Drink from the nice glasses. Eat on the nice plates. Because guess what? One day we're not taking it with us. It's going to be left behind. Use what you have. Use those gift cards. Yeah, they might expire. <laughs> use what you have. Don't wait for a special occasion, but use them because every day is a special occasion. I wrote down here, take the plastic off the lamps. Anyone know someone? <laughs> catch on fire or something? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I must have seen someone have plastic on their lamps. That's why I wrote it. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> so use your stuff. Don't wait for a special occasion. You don't know if you're going to get that special occasion, but every day is. A couple years ago, uh, I bought my dad uh, a tablet. You know, it's, it wasn't an iPad. It's not Apple, Samsung. So it was a tablet. You remember dad? I bought you a tablet? All right. So I bought him a tablet, and it drives me crazy because he doesn't use it. And when I ask him, how come you're not using it, he usually gives a variety of responses. One would be, oh, yeah, I have a tablet. You forget that you have it. Another could be, well, I don't understand how to use it. I don't know how to properly use it. And so because he doesn't know or understand, he doesn't use it. My mom, on the other hand, uses it every day, maybe a little too much, right? <laughs> she uses hers too much. 
You see, as believers, God has given us power and authority. But as believers, sometimes we forget that power and authority that we have. Or because we don't understand how to use it, or because we don't know how to use it, we don't. That power and that authority is sitting there waiting for us to take hold of and waiting for us to use. And God is saying, it's here. It's here for you. Make use of it. Don't wait for a special occasion. Don't wait. Use it now. Are you using that power and that authority that you have in Jesus Christ? In the name of Jesus, we have that power. God has given us that. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, he says, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Going back to the key, he says, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. There is power in the words that we speak. You see, that same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the power that is available to us today. That same power is available if we truly believe, if we have the faith to speak it. It is available to us today. You see, I'm not some radical, I'm not some far out there person who, who likes to, to say these crazy things, but I believe why? Because I've seen it with my own eyes. I believe why? Because I've experienced it for myself. I have seen people be delivered from demonic spirits. I have seen people healed from their sick bed. I have seen God's provision in someone's life. I have seen it. It has been evident, and I believe the power and the authority that we have as believers firsthand. I've experienced it. God has ultimate power and authority over everything. His word carries that power. The Bible says that man cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We can't live on just the, the physical things of this world, but we must live on the word of God. We must feed on it on every word that God speaks, it's valuable. Every word that he speaks is so important for us to understand. You see, by the power of his word, things have happened. By the power of God's word, he spoke creation into being. By the power of God's word, Jesus healed people who were blind, who were lame, who had physical illnesses. By the power of God's word, Jesus was able to calm the wind and the waves and calm the storms. By the power of God's word, demons flee. The centurion in the Bible said to Jesus, just say the word and my servant will be healed. You don't have to even come close to my house, but just say the word and I know that the, the servant will be healed. By the power of Jesus' word, that servant was healed by the power. After Lazarus was dead for four days, Jesus shows up and they cried and they said, you're too late. If you had only been here, he would be alive. But Jesus, by the power of his word, called forth and said, Lazarus, come out. And after four days, 
that man rose and he walked out of that tomb by the power of God's word. You see, the God that we serve is all powerful. There is nothing that he is not able to do and we can take him at his word. When God says that it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. When God says to wait, wait, because something good is coming. When God says the time is now, the time is now. When God says we need to listen because there is power in the word of God. Now, as believers, he has given us that power, but I want you to understand something. We have the power to speak over things, and that's why our words are so important. The Bible tells us that, right? Life and death is on the tongue. But even as believers, there are times where we will fully believe things, where we will claim it in Jesus' name, but it may not always happen as we hope it would, or we pray it would. Maybe you're praying for that job, and you're praying, you're claiming, you're believing it, but you don't get it. Maybe you're praying for that healing. You're praying, you're claiming, you're believing it, but it doesn't happen the way that we expect it to. But I want you to know that above all, our prayer should be, God, may your will be done in my life. May you be glorified because it's not about us, but it's about him in everything that we do. And God will answer our prayer. It may not be how we necessarily want it, but he will answer it. And he knows what's best, and so we need to trust him. But that because he doesn't answer doesn't make him any less powerful or doesn't make us any less powerful as believers, but we need to submit to his will for it to be done in our lives. As believers, we can use that power and the authority to pray over ourselves to pray over our loved ones to intercede on behalf of many of the needs every week we put a prayer sheet in your bulletin and I want you not just to look at it and throw it away but to use it there are so many needs on there people we know and people we don't know but nonetheless pray for those people pray a general prayer if you want just over that prayer sheet because prayer is so important I mentioned earlier that coming up Saturday September 23rd we have our 12 our prayer vigil. Many of you will be submitting prayer requests, which we want, but not only do we want you to submit prayer requests, but we want you to come and join us for that time of prayer, whether it be for a half an hour, whether you can come for four hours, whatever time, I want to encourage you and challenge you to make it a priority to come to our prayer vigil for part of that time. That power and that authority we can use to cover ourselves and our family with the blood of Jesus. That is safety and protection. Some of you may not understand when we pray for us to be covered with the blood of Jesus, it represents his protection. It represents his safety upon our lives. And we are able to do that as believers. You see, as believers... We can pray that, but if we're not believing, we can't expect God to cover us with his blood because we are not under his blood if we are not believers. But as believers, we are covered with that safety and that protection. We can use that power and that authority to command the devil to flee and to resist evil. We can command, use that power and authority to speak to our circumstances and claim victory over them. You see, we have that power and that authority. Peter and John used their power and that authority. By doing so, the man was healed. And ultimately, by the man being healed, it brought glory to God.
By him being healed, it brought glory to God. Verses 9 and 10 say, When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. I want to encourage you to know that through exercising that power and that authority in Christ, God will get the glory. By us exercising that power and that authority in Christ, God will get the glory. That is our ultimate goal, to bring glory and honor to God, not to ourselves, but to him in all that we do. That's why it's important for us to share what God has done or what he is doing with other people. Not to brag, but to give him glory. When God is doing something good, he deserves to be praised. When God is doing something great, he deserves to be praised. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, it says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So when they see what we're doing, when, we see, when they see what God is doing through us, they will give glory to our Father in heaven. They won't give us the glory because we don't deserve the glory, but he does in everything. When you receive healing, whether it be physical, spiritual, emotional, give God the glory. When you are saved from a terrible car accident or you walk away from something you know could have gone worse, give God the glory when you receive answers to prayer, give God the glory. When you give generously and God keeps providing for you, give God the glory. When things happen in your life that you never thought possible, give God the glory. You see, there are so many things for us to give God glory for. In, in, in past, you've seen many people testify about what God has done in their lives, how God has helped them, how they have given, and God has just continued to bless them. And one thing that we can give God glory for is what he is doing in the life of this church. There are so many great things that he's doing, not only in our personal lives, but in the lives of this church, how God has helped us, how his blessing has been upon us. Coming up on Sunday, October 1st, we are going to start our new pledges for our mortgage fund campaign. And I want to encourage you, not to tune me out because Pastor Lisa's talking about money again, but to pray and to ask God how he can use you to be part of what he's already started to do. How God can bless you to give. Some of us think we can't give because we don't have enough. But when we look back on what God has done in our life, it shows us that he is a God who provides. He is a God when we give to him and we give for his glory and honor, he will make sure that he takes care of everything. The Bible tells us to seek first his kingdom and everything else will be added onto us. Well, I want to say give for his business. Take care of his business and he will take care of yours. Give God the glory in everything that we do. We can ask him to help us. I want to encourage you also, when you meet people, tell them about God. Tell them about what he's doing and that can start a conversation that they might never have with someone about God in itself. There are so many ways that we can give him the glory. But I want to encourage you this morning as we close 
to remember the power and the authority we have in Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Do you believe that this morning? There is power in his name. In the name of Jesus, demons are casted out. Storms are calm. Sight is restored, bodies are healed, demons tremble. There are so many things that happen. There is so much power in that name. The Lord tells us not to take his name in vain. Why? Because there is power in that name. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. There is no one else who can save us except Jesus. And Philippians chapter 2 verses 10 and 11 says, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day, everyone will realize the power that is in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus, we just need to call upon his name. Many times in the scripture, especially in the Psalms, it tells us, call on the name of the Lord. Call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Call on the name, Lord, in your times of distress, whatever you're going, sorry, whatever you're going through, call on his name. And I believe this morning many of us need to once again call on that name to realize the power that it carries and also to realize the power and authority we have as believers. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, God, for what you have done in our lives and what you will continue to do. And Lord, you know the different circumstances, the different situations, the different heartaches and burdens that each one here is carrying. But Lord, we thank you that above all, you are good, you are in control, and you are all powerful. Lord, we understand that everything is under your authority, that you have the final say. And so God, we look to you once again this morning. We pray that you would come and that you would meet with your people, that your Holy Spirit would speak and move and have its way. And we pray, God, that we would look to you understanding the power that is in Jesus' name. And so Father, this this morning we claim victory for we know there is victory as believers and so God we look to you and we thank you for the beautiful name of Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.